What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Trapped in the U.S. podcast, where we connect the dots between current headline news and biblical prophecy. I'm your host, KB. Today is 1, January 28, 2024, and I have some major breaking news to discuss with you today and every day. It seems to be unfolding before us, but before I get into that, I want to invite you guys all to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Trapped in the U.S., uh, you can find that on YouTube and also on Rumble as well at Trapped in the U.S. And if you'd like to um, help us out and support our channel, please uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Trapped in the U.S. podcast and feel free to just subscribe and give. It's $5 a month. There's another it's $10 a month. And it would just be a, uh, an incredible help to the channel to help support us and everything that I'm doing to bring you guys up-to-date latest news and also correlating that with biblical prophecy. So again, thank you guys for being here uh, this evening, and let's get right into it. So today's a pretty big news day for Sunday. Uh, we have three U.S. troops that were killed and 24 other numbers say 25 that were injured in a drone attack in Jordan. Uh, it was released today, the news by CENTCOM. Announcement of U.S. casualties in northeast Jordan near the Syria border. Uh, border. On January 28th, three U.S. service members were killed and 25 injured from a one-way attack, UAS, that impacted a base in northeast Jordan near the Syria border. As a matter of respect for the families in accordance with the DOD policy, the identities of the service members will be withheld until 24 hours after their next of kin have been notified. Updates will be available as they come. That's from CENTCOM. That's official uh, over the wires today. So we had an attack. Uh, they're saying in Jordan, others are saying behind the scenes, um, in some circles that it was actually in Syria, but they can't say it was Syria because the base that they have in Jordan is legal, but the one in Syria is not technically legal. And they were being attacked in Syria at a base that the Americans were at there. Uh, I, I can't confirm or deny any of that. I can only say what the exact uh, press release here says. But either way, three precious service members uh, that were stationed there and 25 service members were injured and the injuries, what they're saying is pretty serious. Like there were the traumatic brain injuries in a majority of them. Again, I can't confirm or deny, but that's the, some of the chatter that we're, we're hearing about. And it's got a lot of people upset about this. A lot of people, congressional Hawks, and this is from zero hedge. Congressional hawks urge hit Iran hard after three U.S. troops killed by Tehran-aligned militants. It took a mere minutes after the headlines spread across the globe for the hawks and neocons to call on the White House to hit them hard in reference to Iran and Iranian-linked groups believed responsible for the attack on a U.S. outpost along the Jordanian border, which killed three American troops and injured 25 more. The government of Jordan has since said that none of their own troops were injured, which suggests all of the injured were Americans. Below is a partial survey of the congressional hawks who now essentially are calling for full-blown war against Iran and its proxies. Uh, this is from uh, Republican Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas. The only answer to these attacks must be a devastating military retaliation against Iran's terrorist forces both in Iran and across the Middle East. Anything less will confirm Joe Biden to be a coward unworthy of being commander-in-chief. And this is quote-unquote Republican Senator Tom Cotton. And then this is from a Republican Senator of Texas, John Corrin. The Biden administration can take out all Iranian proxies they like, but it will not deter Iranian aggression. I'm calling on the Biden administration to strike targets of significance inside Iran not only as a reprisal for killing of our forces, but as deterrence against future aggression. 
hit Iran hard, hit them now. South Carolina, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, I'm sorry, that is what he said. And then target Tyran, Senator uh, Republican from Texas, John Corrin. So all the congressional hawks that are drooling uh, over the opportunity to finally get to strike Iran, to get to hit Iran, and take this into a major, major escalation, an all-out war uh, being declared. It's We're right on the cusp of it. This was an immediate press release uh, from President Joe Biden. Today's America, uh, today America's heart is heavy. Last night, three service members were killed and many wounded during an unmanned aerial drone attack on our forces stationed in northeast Jordan near the Syria border. While we are still gathering the facts of this attack, we know it was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. Jill and I joined the families and friends of our fallen and Americans across the country in grieving the loss of these warriors in this despicable and wholly unjust act. These service members embodied the very best of our nation, unwavering in their bravery, unflinching in their duty, unbending in their commitment to our country, risking their own safety for the safety of their fellow Americans and our allies and partners with whom we stand in the fight against terrorism. It is a fight we will not cease. The three American service members we lost were patriots to the highest sense, in the highest sense, and their ultimate sacrifice will never be forgotten by our nation. Together, we will keep the sacred obligation we bear to their families. We will strive to be worthy of their honor and valor. We will carry on their commitment to fight terrorism and have no doubt we will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing. So that is a, an official press release from President Joe Biden in the White House today reacting to the news. And soon after, this is from the, the Daily Mirror exclusive, Biden given chilling nuclear warning over attacking Iran after kamikaze drone kills troops. So U.S. President Joe Biden was given a chilling nuclear warning over attacking Iran when the three when after three U.S. soldiers were killed by a kamikaze drone. Ex-UN weapons inspector David Albright said the rogue state could be led into thinking that building nuclear warheads is their best way out if they are directly targeted by the U.S. in retaliation for the deaths. And this is interesting what he says. U.S. Central Command confirmed the killings today. 25 more were wounded in the attack. Mr. Albright said uh, have used a kamikaze drone. President Biden said he would hold all those accountable at a time and a manner of his choosing. Mr. Albright, who previously claimed that Iran was just five months away from building 12 nuclear weapons, agreed it was important that the U.S. send a clear message by targeting the militants who were responsible for the killing. But he urged Biden not to launch any direct strikes on Iran to avert a wider conflict amid heightened tensions. Mr. Albright previously said the rogue state's enrichment of uranium was a hairbreadth from 90%, the level most desired to create a nuclear bomb. He said it was now an unfortunate reality that Iran scientists already possessed the knowledge to build the earth-shattering doomsday weapons. As he revealed that the state could have enough of the radioactive material within one to six months, while after five months, this could double. Whiting, in a report published on the Institute for Science and International Security, which he founded, Mr. Albright said, the unfortunate reality is that Iran already knows how to build nuclear weapons. Although there are some unfinished tasks related to the actual construction of them, today it would need only about a week to produce enough for its first weapon. It could have enough weapon-grade uranium for six more in one month, and after five months of producing, it could have enough for 12. I can't even begin to tell you guys how serious things are escalating at this point. Um, how we survive and not have an all-out nuclear war, I, I don't know how this does not take place. It's so many sides fighting in this battle. It was just uh, Russia and Ukraine the last year. Uh, we all know the unfortunate events that happened October 7th. 
of, of uh, 2023. It launched uh, the whole Middle East into a fire frenzy. Uh, but now that has spread all the way um, uh, from Israel and Gaza into Iraq, into Syria, or continuing into Syria, uh, into Lebanon. Uh, and Iran is now directly a target from what they are saying and what they're, uh, these congressional hawks are just urging President Biden to, to hit. And this, this person, Mr. Albright, right here is saying, don't hit too directly and don't hit too fast because they could have a, a, a literal nuclear option ready within weeks if it is not already ready, which it probably already is and could retaliate with the same and overwhelm us, and we're not ready for that. Meanwhile, in other crazy news of World War III, this guy, Russian State Duma member, you can't save America. There will be no election in 2024 because America will not exist. This guy, Vladimir Zurinovsky, in his final speech to the Russian Duma, said there won't be an election in 2024. Because America won't exist. This was the same speech where he predicted to the day when Russia would enter Ukraine. His speech was given over two years ago, and no one thought anything of it because Zyuranowski was rather bellicose. He died in April 2022, months after the speech. But with his amazing declaration about Russia entering Ukraine having been so accurate, his prediction about America is more than a bit disconcerting. And there's a part of the speech that was released. But we, we, we see the mindset, what's going on in, in Russia. They're already uh, believing and preparing and calling out America's uh, demise. Next world news, U.S. moving nuclear warheads to U.K. over Russia's situation. Well, I thought we had probably some nuclear warheads over there already, but apparently we're moving more. The United States is moving nuclear weapons back into the United Kingdom for the first time in 15 years over a perceived threat from Russia. Procurement contracts for a new facility at Royal Air Force Base in Lackenheath in Suffolk confirm that the U.S. intends to place diabolical nuclear warheads from 10 kT to 1.2 megatons, so 10 kilotons to 1.2 megatons at the air base. The U.S. removed the nuclear missiles from the U.K. in 2008, judging that the Cold War threat from Moscow had diminished. So we removed them in 2008, thinking we were not going to need them there. The disclosure comes in the wake of warnings that NATO countries need to be ready, their citizens, for war with Russia. So this is immediately what we were talking about two days ago when I had my uh, newscast, uh, Trapped in the U.S. newscast. Last week, Admiral Rob Bauer, a senior NATO military official, said that private citizens should prepare for all-out war with Russia that would require wholesale change in their lives. Okay, private citizens of who? Of all NATO countries that are involved in NATO. Is America a NATO country? Yes. Is Europe and all the countries over there, a lot, most of them? Yes, many of them are there, okay? So a senior NATO military official said that all private citizens should prepare for an all-out war with Russia that would require wholesale change in their lives. That means everything that you've been planning in your life, all the future hopes and dreams, everything you're working towards, if you're a college student, if you are just got out of college and you're starting your career, you're building a family, Whatever you're doing from day to day, pursuing your dreams, pursuing all the hopes and and desires that you have, that you've planned out, that you've written out, what this guy that we don't even know, we have no clue uh, who he is other than he's a NATO military official and an admiral, but he's saying, okay, we we may have to erase all your plans. We, We need you guys all the citizens belonging in NATO to prepare. We're about to go into all-out war with Russia, and it's going to change your whole life. This is real. This is not fake. 
This is not some sort of news that people are just kind of throwing in the wind and hoping it sticks. They do not put out warnings like this to the public unless there is a serious threat that it is going to happen and it is going to come to pass. We know we've lost in Ukraine. We know that that Ukraine has lost. Hundreds of thousands of, of, of precious souls have been lost in that war. And it's 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 now at a point where it's not going to win. It's not going to um, gain any foothold over Russia. And now America and NATO are being spread into the Middle East. And as you're going to see in a minute, it's also spreading into Asia. Let's keep going here. So uh, the British Home Office had initially told Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky to ignore Russia ultimatums in February 22nd, wherein Russia gave Ukraine five hours to agree to not join NATO and not to station U.S. missile defenses in Ukraine because such missiles would have about five minutes flight to Moscow. So we remember February 22nd, Russia warned Zelensky, do not try to join NATO. Do not allow U.S. missile defenses on Ukraine territory or this is going to start a war. What did Zelensky do? He took the advice from the British Home Office and the U.S. State Department and ignored Russia's ultimatum. And two hours after that ultimatum expired, the Russian army crossed the border into Ukraine. And all of this could have been avoided if Ukraine had just done those two simple steps. We wouldn't even be here. What was so invaluable, what was so important about Ukraine that it's willing to, we're willing to risk millions of lives and nuclear war. What is so more important about Ukraine and that makes our country, that makes our border, that makes the, our future, the American citizens' future less important, that we got to put every soul at risk that belongs to NATO, and we got to change our whole lives, change our whole future and prepare for all-out war with Russia. What was so valuable and important about Ukraine? I mean, who has the answers? As I continue, instead of those in those two years since Russia commenced its special military operation in Ukraine, upwards of 500,000 Ukrainian troops have been killed and another 600,000 have been injured, many permanently disabled. <sighs> Ukraine has also permanently lost the eastern oblasts of Luhansk, Donetsk, Zaporoska, and Kyrgyzstan, all of which have undertaken public referendums to secede from Ukraine and to secede to Russia. Of course, Crimea also held such a referendum back in 2014 and has been Russia territory ever since, although the British and Americans refused to recognize that public vote by the citizens of Crimea. Skipping down forward. So now the U.S. is positioning nuclear bombs in the U.K. because both the U.S. and the U.K. know that time is rapidly approaching for both countries to be held accountable by Russia for the war they've helped wage against Russia. The British, especially since they have the most aggressive and are the most militant. Here's an interesting article that I saw today. Um, don't know what it means. I just think it's a, a trip. Russia to supply weapons to Texas if needed to fight Biden's border heist. What? What is this all about? Let's see. Russia may supply heavy weapons to Texas so as to defend itself and its border from any attempt by Biden to forcibly reopen the Texas border to illegal aliens. Russia's permanent representative to the United Nations, Vasily Nebensia, said publicly, it is important to understand that by supplying weapons to Texas, Russia does not become a party to the conflict. This is such a priceless thing for Russia to say, given it is the exact language used by the U.S. and NATO when those entities supply weapons to Ukraine to fight Russia. So what this guy said basically in the U.N. is if America and the U.K. And, and Britain can fight a proxy war against us through Ukraine, then we can fight a proxy war against America through Texas. In that one statement by Russia, the entire Texas-Biden border heist has changed dramatically. 
what a twist, twisted statement there. Um, Cause it's the exact same language. I mean, it's Texas is a, um, a, a state of one of the 50 states of the United States. It is not seceded, but it is getting more and more at risk with this border fight that's going on right now. Uh, Texas is not siding or uh, um, it is not going to uphold the rule from the Supreme Court that said it has to tear down its barbed wire. It's now quoting constitutional law stating that it has the right because it's under attack by immigrants to defend its border. And 25 states, as I reported two days ago, signed on with Texas to support it. And Biden gave a 24-hour ultimatum saying if they didn't do something, if they did not stand down, then further actions will be taken. And we don't know what those actions are, but this is very, very, very um, unfortunate and disruptive and divisive as if our country couldn't get any more divided. Uh, for Reuters, uh, January 29th, which is um, coming from, it's really tomorrow because today's 28th, but this news is that fresh that it's already in tomorrow. <laughs> Russia's Pacific Fleet Frigate Marshal uh, Shaposhnikov has conducted an anti-submarine exercise in the South China Sea. Russian news agency reported on Monday, citing the fleet's press service. After detecting a mock enemy submarine and confirming its coordinates from a helicopter crew, the warship fired torpedoes and depth charges. Anti-submarine warfare weapons, the agency reported. The Interfax News Agency reported. The detachment of the Russia Pacific Fleet warships, including the fleet's flagship, the Varyag Cruiser, and the Marshal Shaposhnikov, frigate are on a long distance voyage which includes the asia pacific region so it isn't just that russia's uh uh preparing for war against them it's against uh, uh ukraine that there isn't uh preparations going on on whose sides to take in the middle east but we're now preparing for anti-sub warfare weapons they're practicing for anti-subware warfare weapons, most likely against U.S. forces in the South China Sea. So if we get involved with Taiwan, if we get involved between that battle between China and Taiwan, or if we get involved um, with North Korea or South Korea, uh, Russia's already preparing. It's already practicing for that sort of warfare. Uh, and uh, in other news, the Navy again lowers its requirements as it struggles to meet recruitment goals. So not only do we have our forces spread so thin, and it's figured that America's total armed forces were over 2 million um, servicemen and women, which has uh, got to be one of the biggest uh, total service uh, um, uh, totals uh, in any country in the world, but we are not meeting our recruitment goals and we're losing people and our numbers are going down and the numbers are going down so bad in our recruitments that uh, the Navy not only has before lowered the requirements, but now it's, it's lowering them again and lowering them further. Let's, let's explore the U.S. Navy is starting to enlist individuals who didn't graduate from high school. So if you don't have a diploma or you don't have a GED, um, the Navy will sign you up because it cannot meet enlistment goals. The decision follows a move in December 2022 to bring in a large number of recruits who score very low on the Armed Services Qualification Test. Both are fairly rare steps that the other military services largely avoid or limit, even though they are all finding it increasingly difficult to attract the dwindling number of young people who can meet the military physical, mental, and moral standards. Under the new plan, Navy recruits without an education cred credential 
will be able to join as long as they score 50 or above on the qualification test, which is out of 99. So if you get a 50%, which is an F in our schools, but if you get a 50% in the Navy, you're qualified to, to serve and, and be in our military. In the wake of the pandemic, the services have faced significant enlistment challenges. COVID-19 forced the military to shut down recruiting stations, and they were closed out of high schools and many public fairs of events where they historically found success reaching prospective candidates. But even as things opened up, the military struggled to compete with higher paying businesses in the tight job market, particularly as companies began to offer the types of benefits such as college funding that had often made the military a popular choice. Those economic problems, problems excuse me, those economic problems were only exacerbated by the sharp political divide in the country and young people's fears of being killed or injured going to war. The last fiscal year, which ended September 30th, the Navy, Army, and Air Force all failed to meet their recruitment goals, while the Marine Corps and the tiny Space Force met their goals. So three out of four of our armed forces are failing to meet our recruitment goals. And only the Marine Corps and the Space Force are doing it. The previous fiscal year, the Army fell 15,000 short of its enlistment goal of 60,000. And the other service services had to dig into pools of delayed entry candidates in order to meet their recruitment numbers. Last year, the Navy's enlistment goal was 37,700, but the service brought in just 31,834. This year, Cheeseman said he set the goal higher at 40,600. The total size of the Navy for 24 is set at 337,800. I need these sailors, he said. So it's a stretch goal. We're telling our recruiters to go get 40,600 people to join the Navy. We won't, we don't fully expect to get that many, but we're at least we're going for it. And that is going to wrap up the news portion of this podcast, this newscast. And this is the time now where I like to get into the prophetic uh, for today and connect these dots to what we're seeing in the news now, to what has been already spoken of by the spirit of the living God, whether present or in years past, there has been many warnings from the Lord, many prophetic declarations from the Lord, um, from mighty men and women of God who walk with him with a clean hands and a pure heart, who have heard from him and have devoted themselves to, to being a conduit that the Holy Spirit can speak through to encourage the church and to warn the people to repent. And today we're going to talk about a mighty man of God um, named Dimitri Dudeman. So Dimitri Dudeman uh, has an incredible story. If you've never heard of him, I've been known about Dimitri Dudeman for many years. Mighty, mighty man of God. He's from Romania. Uh, he was a, a pastor's kid. Um, he served in the military in Romania. Um, and during the moment where he was uh, serving, um, he says here he was brought up in a Christian home. By the age of 14, he started wandering from God. At 17, he rebelled and joined the Romanian army. He rejected the re his rejection of God, saddened his parents greatly, and for many months they prayed for him continually. He spent eight months of his army career in the Chilicia boot camp. Uh, after finishing boot camp, Dimitri was one of a few soldiers chosen to go to the Constanta Military School. He started in Constanta in 1951 and stayed there four and one half years. Upon graduation, he received a diploma and was given the rank of lieutenant in the Marines. And he had 80 men under his command. It was also during this time that persecution against Christians began to escalate. And Dimitri was given orders to search every ship coming into the Constanta Harbor at the Black Sea. And if he should find Bibles, he was to confiscate them and arrest whomever was responsible for bringing them into the country. 
One morning, as he and eight of his men were searching the ship, Demetrius came upon a large number of Bibles. He was overjoyed at finding them, knowing that this would bring yet another upgrade in his ranking. While questioning the man who was responsible for bringing the Bibles, Dimitri had his first personal encounter with the power of God. He heard a voice telling him to help the man unload the Bibles and cause him no harm. When the voice persisted, Dimitri obeyed and helped the missionary to the fullest. This caused Dimitri to um, soften his heart towards the Lord. And over many years, he actually helped these missionaries smuggle Bibles um, out of Romania and into Russia. He and ultimately, after years of doing this and many miracles where he was pulled over and inspected and there'd be Bibles strewn all over the car and and stories of soldiers uh, eyes were blinded and they couldn't even see them. They would just let him pass because they could never find anything on him. Well, finally, they arrested him. They, they threw him into jail and a, um, uh, a, a Russia um, uh, sir, arrested him, caught him in Russia and threw him into jail and threw him on the ele electrocution chair to electrocute him. And while he was on the electrocution chair, as the man in charge threw the switch, he said Gabriel appeared to him and told him that he was not yet going to die. It was not his appointed time to die, and, and God would protect him. And he did not die from that electric chair. He did not die. And it, it just stumped everybody that was in the room. They ended up attempting a second time to kill him on the same electric chair, and Gabriel appeared again and said that the Lord God Almighty would protect him, that he would not die, that his, he still had God still had a purpose for him, uh, and that he would continue and God would supernaturally protect him. He didn't die a second time. And the person that was in charge of, of, of electrocuting him ended up having a heart attack and dying. <laughs> and somehow he was set free. He was uh, battered and bruised, but God healed him. Uh, the Holy Spirit told him a year, a month, a day, and an hour to have his bags packed uh, and that he would be going to America. And on that year, on that month, on that day and that hour, Dimitri and his wife and his family had their bags packed in a car, supernaturally pulled up in front of his house and picked up his family and transported them to America. And this is in 1984. And God had a call on him to come to America and warn America of the impending judgment that was to come. And so the moment he gets to America, he has this first encounter uh, in America with the Lord that I'm about to read to you. Um, and it's called A Message from America, September 1984. And this is in Dimitri Dudeman's own writing. Late one night, I could not sleep. The children were sleeping on the luggage. My wife and daughter were crying. And I went outside and walked around. I did not want them to see me cry. I walked around the building crying and saying, God, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me into this country? I cannot understand anybody. If I try to ask anything from anybody, all I hear is, I don't know. I stopped in front of the apartment and sat on a large rock. Suddenly, a bright light came toward me. I jumped to my feet because it looked as if a car was coming directly at me, attempting to run me down. I thought the Romanian secret police had tracked me to America, and now they were trying to kill me. But it wasn't a car at all. As the light approached, it surrounded me. From the light, I heard the same voice that I've heard so many times when I was in prison. He said, Dimitri, why are you so despaired? I said, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me to this country? I have nowhere to lay my head down and I can't understand anybody. He said, Dimitri, didn't I tell you I am here with you also? I brought you to this country because this country will burn. I said, why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you just let me die in my own country? You should have just let me die in jail in Romania. He said, Dimitri, have patience so I can tell you. Get on this. 
I got on something next to him. I don't know what it was. I also know that I was not asleep. It was not a dream. It was not a vision. I was awake just as I am now. He showed me all of California and said, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. All of this in one day, it will burn. Its sin has reached the Holy One. Then he took me to Las Vegas. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. Then he showed me the state of New York. Do you know what this is? He asked. I said, no. He said, this is New York. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. Then he showed me all of Florida. This is Florida, he said. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. Then he took me back home to the rock where we began. In one day, it will burn. All of this I have shown you. I said, how will it burn? He said, remember what I'm telling you because you will go on television and on radio and in churches. You must yell with a loud voice. Do not be afraid because I will be with you. I said, how will I be able to go? Who knows me here in America? I don't know anybody here. He said, don't worry yourself. I will go before you. I will do a lot of healing in the American churches and I will open the doors for you. But do not say anything else besides what I tell you. This country will burn. I said, what will you do with the church? He said, I want to save the church, but the churches have forsaken me. I said, how have they forsaken you? He said, the people praise themselves. The honor that the people are supposed to give Jesus Christ, they take upon themselves. In the churches, there are divorces. There's adultery. There's homosexuals in the churches. There's abortion in churches and all other sins that are possible. Because of all the sin, I have left some of the churches. You must yell in a loud voice that they must put an end to their sinning. They must turn toward the Lord. The Lord never gets tired of forgiving. They must draw close to the Lord and live a clean life. If they have sinned until now, they must put an end to it and start a new life as the Bible tells them to live. I said, how will America burn? America is the most powerful country in the world. Why did you bring us here to burn? Why didn't you at least let us die where all the Dudamans have died? He said, remember this, Dimitri. The Russian spies, now listen, everybody. The Russian spies have discovered where the nuclear warehouses are in America. When the Americans will think that it is peace and safety. From the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. Stop right there. This is, this is the Lord telling Demetri, from the middle of the country, some people will start fighting against the government. Where is Texas? Is Texas not in the middle of the country? It is dead square in the bottom middle of the country. I mean, Texas is the, the biggest state outside of California in America. And the Lord is saying right here, from the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, from Cuba, Nicaragua, Mexico, he told me two other countries, but I didn't remember what they were. They will bomb the nuclear warehouses, and when they explode, America will burn. And we know from other prophecies that Russia and China are two other countries that are involved in this. Um, what will you do with the church of the Lord? How will you save the ones that will turn towards you? I asked. He said, tell them this, how I saved the three young ones from the furnace of fire and how I saved Daniel in the lion's den. It's the same way I will save them. The angel of the Lord also told me, I have blessed this country because of the Jewish people who are in this country. I have 7 million Jews in this country, but they do not want to recognize the Lord. They didn't want to thank, they didn't want to thank God for the blessings they received in this country. Israel does not want to recognize Jesus Christ. They put their faith in the Jewish people in America. But when America burns, the Lord will raise China, Japan, and other nations 
to go against the Russians. They will beat the Russians and put them, push them all the way to the gates of Paris. Over there, they will make a treaty and appoint the Russians as their leaders. Then they will unite against Israel. When Israel realizes she does not have the strength of America behind her, she will be frightened. Then, when she, that's when she will turn to the Messiah for deliverance. That's when the Messiah will come. Then the church will meet Jesus in the air, and he will bring them back with him to the Mount of Olives. At that time, the battle of Armageddon will be fought. I can't even begin to tell you guys how profound this is. This is 1984. This is a not just some random dream this man of God is having. This is not just some trance he's having uh, on some sort of drug. This man who fears the Lord, who brought his family here, being obedient to the Lord, was shown this and is being told this by the angel of the Lord. When I heard all this, I said, if you are truly an angel of the Lord and everything you have told me is true, then all you have said must be written in the Bible. See, that's how you know Dimitri. That's how you knew Dimitri loved the Lord because he tests the spirits. He knew because it's what the Lord said to do. The angel of the Lord said, tell everyone to read from Jeremiah 51, 8 through 15, Revelation chapter 18 and Zechariah chapter 14, where Christ fights those who possess the earth. After his victory, the angel said, there will be one flock and one shepherd. There will be no need for light. The lamb of God will be the light. There will be no sickness, no tears, no death. There will only be eternal joy and God will be their ruler. There will be only one language and only one song and no need for a translator. And Dimitri, he continued, a word of warning. If you keep anything from the American people that you are told, I will punish you severely. How will I know that this is for real and it will really happen, I asked. As a sign that I've spoken to you, tomorrow before you wake, I will send someone to bring you a bed. And at noon, I will send you a car and a bucket of honey, after which I will send someone to pay your rent. The very next day, someone brought Dimitri a bed. At noon, a car arrived with a bucket of honey in it. And his rent was also paid as God had promised him. This is this this prophetic word is legendary in the prophetic community. And I would probably wonder to guess that most people aren't even familiar or even know who Demetri Dudeman is. This was told to him in September of 1984. And it has always been a, a constant barometer and a foundational word, I would say, for America matching against other prophetic words that other others have had. And if they all confirm, as they all confirm each other, as they all speak on the same judgments with different parts of, of the prophetic word, because we see in part that we know in part, but all the pieces and the parts come together. If you're a watchman or you are a prophet, then you can pick puzzle piece a more clear picture of what is happening. This is a discernment gift that I've had a, a lot of my life. And the purpose of this podcast is to release everything that the Lord has given me to speak on and to warn the people of America to get your life right with the Lord. What do we do? What am I supposed to do with this? We gotta pray, repent and read the word of God every day and do what it says. It's very, it seems simple to say, and I understand for a lot of people that um, we're very comfortable in this life, that you're, you're comfortable on your phones all day, you're comfortable working your jobs and pursuing your dreams and aspirations. And we don't have time to listen to foolishness. We don't have time to change uh, our perspective and by what you're saying, uh, KB, because we're too busy with other things. Well, let me just remind you of what the, uh, the, the, the Admiral in NATO said. He said, everybody in NATO countries, you need to prepare yourself for war 
because we're all going to have to battle in it. And I just said that barely a half hour ago. We don't have a choice anymore. You do not have a choice to sit there in cognitive dissidence land and just pretend that nothing's happening, that nothing's going on outside of your door. And this is all foolishness. And this is something you can just ignore and it will all go away. It's not going away. The Lord, the angel of the Lord himself told Demetri, there are cities in this country that we're gonna, are going to burn in one hour. States that are going to burn in one hour. How are we going to respond when we have foreign troops on our soil, foreign countries nuking us in in retaliation for what we're doing right now, setting up the judgment on ourselves, getting involved in, in, in Russia and Ukraine, getting involved in, in the Middle East, getting involved in Asia with China and, and Taiwan, getting involved with North Korea and South Korea, getting involved in South America. We're always involved, always in the middle of everyone else's business, and our house is in disorder. Our country is in disorder. And that's why I named this podcast Trapped in the U.S., because I feel like we're all trapped from being able to live our lives the way that we want to live. We now are forced into a new reality that the world is soon coming to an end. We are soon to be wiped out, this country. And we have very little time to prepare our hearts, very little time to prepare our minds, very little time to prepare. And the number one thing we need to do, if you want to start uh, living your life and not have it be in, be in deception, if you want to start living your life every day, you've got to, uh, in, in a fresh way that the Lord would, would, would be pleased with, you've got to turn and repent and turn to him. And you've got to read your word every single day and just do more every day of what it says. Ask Jesus into your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his spirit. Fill your heart with the word of God and do more of what it says every day. Prepare for tough times. If martial law was declared tomorrow, how long would you survive if the supplies that you have in your home now ran out? If you just had nothing else but in your home, how many days, how many weeks could you and your family live on food, water, and you can't leave your house. Are you saving up on water, dry food, alternate energy? You could have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank account sitting there and have a case of water on the floor and martial law be declared tomorrow because America's under attack and you can't leave the house to go get more. How long until the faucets turn off? How long until the electric comes out? You've got to see you got to open your eyes that there is very real danger, not just because our, our enemies are threatening us. No, because of the sin on this nation has brought forth the judgment of God and he has declared it and using our enemies to judge us. And you will only, and just like a, the angel of the Lord told Demetri, he said, how I saved the three young ones in the furnace and how I saved Daniel from the lions then is the same way that I'll save those who trust in me when these things happen. We have to be right with God when it comes down. You've got to have your heart right with the Lord. And he is able, more than able to protect you and your family and guide and lead your steps. But you can't just wing this. You've got to wake up. And my prayer for all of you listening to this podcast is that you would wake up, that you would start preparing, start saving food and dry food and water, get you some alternate energy sources, get you something you can defend your home with. Make sure you have some cash on hand. Make sure you have some precious metals you can barter with. Shortwave radio, all the other ways to communicate with family and loved ones. I would at least recommend at least three to six months of supplies per family member in each household. Do you have an alternate place to go somewhere 
far from the city, out in the country, someplace where you can go where you can build community with other people and grow food together and protect one another. Is there is that even a thought in your mind? If not, I highly encourage you to start thinking through what exit strategies, what um, your alternate plans might be when this comes so that you're not so caught off guard and so shocked when this happens that you're stuck and you don't know what to do and it's too late. And the final thing I would say is take everything that you're learning from this podcast, take it and absorb it, understand it and balance it with your life. I'm not telling you that the Lord is is going to allow this, this judgment. It's like it's going to hit tomorrow. No one knows the day or the hour, but it's coming. Demetrius said, the angel of the Lord told him, out of the middle of the country, people start rising against the government and the government will be busy with internal problems. This is happening right now in Texas on our border. This is happening right now with the election going through, going out this year, in 2024. This could happen at any moment. And we're not ready. Our country is not ready. The people are not ready. And I'm not telling you to go crawl up in a corner and suck your thumb and cry till Jesus comes. I'm saying keep doing what you're doing. Keep working your job. Keep pursuing your dreams. I keep keep your be but be aware that there will come a day, there will come a time, there will come an hour where this country will be turned on its head. And this country will be brought under judgment. And you need to be ready and prepared and be able to transition into the position you need to be in for yourself and for your family. Stay close to the Lord. The judgments of uh, coming to America, trust him and he will protect you. Please uh, continue to listen to us and follow us. We're on IG at Trapped in the U.S., Facebook, Trapped in the U.S., YouTube, Trapped in the U.S., Rumble, Trapped in the U.S. And again, please um, support our channel on Patreon at, at Trapped in the U.S. podcast. We really appreciate you uh, listening to our uh, listening to me tonight uh, speak on these things. We'll be in touch. God bless you all.